Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to How to Cope. Every episode, writer Becky Howard, that's me, and my friend psychotherapist Lucy Clyde will be talking about how we can look after our mental health during the coronavirus crisis and beyond. Because whatever type of pandemic you're having, lockdown with your family or on your own, with kids or without, it's hard on all of us. So let's try and get through it the best way we can by talking. This time, we're talking about how to cope with guilt. something funny to begin with which is we've been um in this lockdown for so long now what has been for you an unexpected benefit of this new life of not being able to do various different things have there been any surprising fun aspects to it yes I think there have been some surprising fun aspects and I think um one of them is that yeah like the rest of the population I've got busy with bread dough and I've learned to make my own pizza base I'm Ooh. very, very pleased with that. I do a nice thin crust. You'll be happy to know. Well, I am happy because I think <laughs> at some point I might cash in this new skill and see if I can, you know, in the future I can come and see you in real life. I'll make you a pizza. Oh, there you go. That, <laughs> that makes everything worth it, Lucy. Doesn't it? You know, yeah. never thought yeah. I'd have a pizza at your house and now <laughs> it's within reach. It is, I know. I know. So close. So near, but so far, Becky. What about you? Okay, so you can see me. So you can yes, see that can. I'm rocking. I'm rocking a high side pony. Yeah, you really are. And this is an achievement because this is the longest my hair has been for so long. Because um, I was actually due a haircut when lockdown started. I had left it far too long. So um, I, my hair is a state right now, and it is super, super long. But it means that I can scoop it all up, put it on top of my head. And have it sticking out the side, literally in the same way that I was doing in about 1989. You do. There is a faint air about you that you might have got lost on the way to an audition for Bucks Fizz. Bucks Fizz? No, <laughs> not Bucks Fizz. This is this is a Kylie post neighbours vibe. It's way more Kylie than Bucks Fizz. It is. Thank no, you. you're right. You're right. No, I, I can see that now. It looks. I mean, all you're missing. All you're missing is roller skates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that straw great. hat that had the ha- that had the top <laughs> cut out of it, and the hair was all cascading out. Do you remember that? I do. That was a that I was do. a strong look. 
I do. It was a strong look and, and one worth reviving, I think. And you're clearly doing your part for that. So that's something good. Well Thank done. You. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. That's 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 an unexpected side benefit, is a side <laughs> pony. Um but it's really not very uh aligned with what we're talking about, is it? Um no. because we're actually talking about something that is pretty much the opposite of of benefits. It's the feeling of guilt. Yeah. Um and how this is manifesting itself during this totally insane period of time we're going through um because how is it different Lucy how is the guilt we're experiencing now different from guilt you might feel at other points well guilt normally is kind of a response to breaking some rules isn't it it's kind of that we've done a bad thing and we know we've done a bad thing and we feel bad about it and hopefully uh you know we try and make amends in some way or we feel very guilty because we've broken a rule that we that we've internalized that we've been holding on to since we were kids uh you know if we grew up in a very strict household or something we may feel very guilty about an awful lot of very very minor things or religious guilt as well there's a lot of that sort of yeah, yeah bubbling under but it's about duty and rule breaking guilt Ten, you know it tends to be like i know i have done a bad thing um but the the guilt that people are talking about throughout the pandemic is really is is different from that it's you know what people are talking about now is that sort of this idea that they feel bad that they're not having the worst pandemic the worst time ever and mm. i caught my i caught myself feeling very guilty the other day because i last week i went through days of all i wanted was hair and nails I just wanted to get my hair done. I wanted my nails done, and I wanted a big night out. And I, it really bothered me. I spent a good three days quite hung up on that and quite pissed off about it, and quite sad that it wasn't happening. And I felt really, really guilty. So, were you wrestling with yourself a bit internally? So, like on one hand, you're craving that kind of loveliness of of having yourself kind of titivated. Oh, I love that word. It's a good word. You know, that sort of getting yourself titivated and having lovely nails and lovely hair because one side of you is craving that and loves it and, and appreciates it. And then the other side of you is thinking what, you know, is is being down on yourself for it and, and thinking that's terrible. What kind of person am I to, to crave such, you know, superfluous things? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the world is going to hell in a handcart. I mean, you know, look at it. Look at it. It's, you know, it's terrible things are happening outside my front door and, you know, some terrible things can be happening inside and all that kind of stuff. But suddenly I fixated on hair and nails. I mean, what does that say? I mean, I've always known I had hidden shallows, Becky. (laughs) You know, that's, but I really felt, I really felt guilty about it. I was, I was quite kind of wrestling with it. Because that's pretty similar to the kind of guilt that I'm feeling. I think I'm feeling a lot of guilt around parenting, which we've talked about before, and and feeling like I'm just, I'm letting them down because I'm not being brilliant all the time. Mm. And, but then there is a lot of guilt of me kind of craving that kind of fun stuff of life that is missing. And my guilt around that is definitely framed in going, what have I really got to complain about right now when so many people are experiencing horrific things whether that is you know they're experiencing the illness or they've lost someone close to them there are obviously things aren't all perfect and rosy in my household but overall I'm okay 
you know, we're okay in my household. And that makes me feel guilty. Whereas before pandemic, before lockdown, I would not have felt guilty about thinking, I really want a great night out with my friends, or I really want to get my nails done. I wouldn't have felt guilty about that. So why am I feeling guilty now? And why are you feeling guilty now? Yeah, it's really different, isn't it? Because we're not feeling guilty about doing anything te- about breaking rules. It's not like you mm. and I are breaking lockdown <laughs> to run to some illegally open nail bar and, you know, get our nails done. What's really interesting to me is that actually we have done nothing wrong and we're not even considering doing something wrong. Like neither you nor I are considering committing any kind of crime or breach of regulation. Mm. But it's kind of, it is that thing about and a huge personal awareness of how actually things could be so much worse. So we're having that sort of there but for the grace of God feeling, aren't we? Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose it is a bit of that. But it's weird, isn't it, to think that it's something you don't normally feel guilty about. So so stuff that is every day and you might not even consider it frivolous. You might just think it's you know, something I like to do. But now when it's framed around a global pandemic, everything feels weighted, doesn't it? Really yeah. weighted. And we were we were sort of looking into people we know and what everyone's sort of talking about feeling guilty and there was a really there was a really unusual one wasn't there there was a great example when we asked around uh various people that we know we we did a little research pre-podcast to say you know we've noticed we're feeling guilty about really strange random things what about you and we got some great answers and one which was so brilliant was uh somebody told us that she at right at the beginning had felt very guilty about wanting to buy a bag of crisps and it was related to the fact that nobody needs crisps right they're not an essential and we're only meant to be buying an essential and there may be shortages and you shouldn't be selfish and you shouldn't stock up and you know actually she just really wanted a bag of crisps and she didn't buy them for I think a week I hope to god she's got some now um and you know at what other time in our lives would that even be a thing where you would go, oh, I don't think I can allow myself crisps on the grounds that they are an insane luxury? And it was, I think it was interesting that when when we were hearing this from, from our friend, that that was at the stage early on when it was all about the supermarket shortages, wasn't it? Yeah. And getting food was quite an operation and yeah. very difficult. So I, I mean, this is, again, I want I want you to tell me whether I'm kind of on the right path or not. I would have thought that that sort of fixation on, I, I better not buy the salt and vinegar crisps, I feel really guilty because that's taking it away from someone who really needs the salt and vinegar crisps. What's really, you know, because obviously there's different needs for crisps, um, was really actually about all the anxiety and stress over this terrifying thing that was starting to happen project, projected onto this item this thing that actually it really you know it's not about sort of vinegar crisps she's she's not gonna take them away from some person who really needs it by not buying it but she was kind of coping with those feelings of fear 
by feeling guilty about something. Yeah, and I think by control by being able to control something. So to you know to get very fixated on something quite minor is a way of not getting very fixated on the really major stuff. So it's a way of going. If I divert my anxiety onto a bag of crisps, and I don't have to be terrified if I can't feed my family in two weeks' time because of shortages. So actually, in that way, yeah, it's it's quite a useful distraction because it helps us manage our fear. You know, we have literally in this case reduced the fear down to bite-sized pieces, crisp-sized pieces, if you like, <laughs> much more digestible than the whole kind of like oh my god oh my god oh my god this is this is terrifying but actually I think there's another element to this which is a which is for me what's really really interesting about the flavor of guilt that people are experiencing and it's an about a collective awareness so the idea that this this idea that you know how can we focus on something so trivia trivial such as you know hair and nails or you know crisps when you know the world is falling apart is also about an awareness that actually that we are we are kind of all having this horrible horrible experience and there's something for me quite sort of quite sweet and quite powerful about that where we we fixate on this business of well actually I'm having a really tough time but I everybody you know but other people are having it much tougher Uh, and it's a way I think of reminding ourselves that this is a collectively stressful thing because we're thinking about the sliding scale of experiences aren't we so you know we have our thought about the thing we want to do but then we kind of temper that by going oh god but actually that's not that important and lots of people are having terrible time and much worse so I should check myself yeah I mean it's 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 a fine line because on the one hand that's a, a wonderfully wonderfully empathic Mm. impulse isn't it it's a wonderfully kind of lovely thing that you know we know that people are suffering we know that we're all suffering and that you know even people I suspect are having a very very hard time are probably going well you know I should probably count my blessings right now because things could be so (laughs) much worse I think that does happen but I think the difficulty with that is the difficulty with sort of dismissing the hard time that we are having and sort of going oh well no I shouldn't feel you know I shouldn't be so worried about this is is that we it's also a way of it's a way of self-soothing so it's a way of going I'm having a really bad day but somebody's feeling so much worse so we're sort of patting ourselves on the shoulder a bit giving ourselves a little stroke they're there they're there it's okay you know you're you aren't the worst off in the world but I think if you take that to another to the next step it then becomes very dismissive and it becomes a little bit harsh it becomes a little bit oh god don't be so stupid or don't be so ridiculous or don't be so shallow and that's 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 very dismissive it, it, it's sort of beating ourselves up a bit and I don't think that's helpful because feelings are feelings right we're going to have them and we're all having quite a lot of them right now and so to sort of dismiss them out of hand as first world problems or you know whatever oh my god it's just a bag of crisps or, oh my god it's just getting your nails done don't be so ridiculous is actually not very kind to us so we on the one hand it's very empathic to other people on the other it's actually not not very not very empathic to ourselves thanks for listening to how to cope with becky howard and lucy clyde if you enjoy these podcasts please rate them and leave a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends thanks for listening to how to cope another aspect of guilt that i think is compounded with this current setup is social media and obviously social media is always 
it's always a problem, let's be honest. It's an addiction and it's a problem. But um, I think because we are able to see so many different experiences of this pandemic, I mean, I can't help looking at Twitter a, a, a bit too much at the moment. And I will see on my timeline before I've even, you know, had 30 seconds, terrible stories of what some people have gone through. And, and people are, you know, obviously feeling very empowered at the moment to tweet their experiences or the things that they've lost, the people they've lost, the situations they've had to endure. And they are very sad and very powerful, of course. But, you know, the, the way we're consuming it in this kind of never ending stream of, I guess, sadness and and sad stories makes it quite overwhelming. And I can't help but feel like, you know, a massive asshole because I don't have, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, I wouldn't enter into it anyway, but I don't have a terrible story to share along those lines. And does not having a terrible, terrible story, not having some kind of horrific uh, pandemic tragedy dominating your life at the moment, does that make you then feel that perhaps any feelings or struggles you might be having around this situation are, are less valid? I don't, I, I, a little bit, but not, not so much in the way that I dismiss everything. It just, I suppose there is that element of, oh my God, oh my God, that's just so awful. So I, I don't have a valid platform to complain about anything. I just, right. yeah. So actually, no, I am agreeing with you, aren't I really? Yeah, it's, yeah I suppose it feels that I don't have, how can I complain that, you know, my kids are driving me mad or my careers in the top you know even if you think about something that is maybe not so great for me which is you know, my careers at a little bit yeah. of a, a like we were talking about before a kind of juncture of of absolute emptiness yeah. um other people have it worse other people have a worse story about about you know losing work and and being on the breadline and everything like that so it feels like everywhere you turn at the moment there is a more powerfully terrible story than yours and it's that kind of culture I don't want to enter into it that culture of one downmanship that we've touched on in the past of like oh no but my life is shitter than yours yeah that's that's a, that's a, the race to the bottom right yeah uh, I mean I think I think it's really difficult because individually those individual stories of pain are deeply deeply meaningful aren't they and they are mm. somebody reaching out from the worst place to connect with other human beings and to try and make it okay. And I'm sure most of us can relate to that need and that impulse to kind of howl into the void and to share the kind of the horror. You know, you, you, you may be able to relate to that feeling, that need to connect. And I think individually they're very powerful. I think it gets very difficult when they become collective because you can go one of two ways with that you can either be amazed at the power of people and their resilience and their capacity to endure or connect or you can get into this kind of slightly competitive thing where suddenly nobody's experience is valid anymore you know we are erasing each other at a rate of knots trying to win something this is sort of weirdly competitive me no me no me no, my mind's worse no mind's worse and that kind of serves nobody and in fact all it does sometimes is shut people up 
you know, is it shuts people down. It stops them from sharing because, you know, we feel like our experiences, as you say, isn't valid. And and there may be, you know, some very, very real, very material, very real world fears that we are all living with. One of the things I hear the most at work, you know, I'm a, I'm a therapist and when people come to see me, no one ever comes to see me because they're having a wonderful time and they want to share it. Right? <laughs> no one no. ever sits in my chair and says, look, I'm going to pay you some money for 50 minutes and tell you how brilliant my life is. Um, so people come and see me when things are really, 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 really bad. And they are barely coping. But one of the things that gets, and this may be a very cultural thing, this may be a very British thing, but the 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 thing that always comes out or usually comes out first is that, well, it's nothing really. But the thing is, there is no, I don't, as a therapist anyway, operate with a hierarchy of suffering. Pain is pain is pain is pain. When we hurt, we hurt. You don't get up in the night and to go to the loo stub your toe and hop around going oh thank god I haven't broken my leg do you you hop around going oh Jesus this is so painful god almighty who put that there you know and you're trying not to swear and you know if you're in a house or a room with other people try not to wake them up every single last one of us will know pain that at some point will feel almost unendurable that is part of human life and I think the difficulty with getting onto social media and getting into games of one-downmanship is that we forget that. And that disconnects us from hum- other human beings. And what we need profoundly in moments of terrible suffering and unendurable pain is not to feel disconnected. It's the worst. What's weird now, isn't it, is that because there is this pandemic affecting so many people, there are no shortage of mm. um, stories um, and I'm not saying the people putting these are, are trying to get involved in some kind of race at the bottom. Some people are. Some people are kind of like that. But I think the vast majority of people are, like you said, just trying to share yeah. a common experience and to try and, you know, react to something and, and put something out there. Um, but it's it's difficult because I think that's where the guilt stems, isn't it? That's where that's where our guilt is is residing right now. Um, if we if we haven't got that level of tragedy um in which to empathize because you know you can't you can't empathize if you haven't gone through it yourself um and I think probably the answer is just to stop looking at social media so much but it's so hard (laughs) it's so hard or you know no I know it's impossible right I mean uh I think I think I think social media is it's god it's such a big subject but I think rationing social media is quite smart right now Mm. Um, and you know, if you're a parent, I'm guessing that you're imposing some, probably attempting anyway, making a stab at imposing some restrictions on screen time might not be a bad idea to do that for yourself, to be honest, for all the reasons that we encourage to, we tell children. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, and you know, I think, but I think it's one of the reasons, you know, if you think about the reasons we look on social media, they're for lots of reasons. And, you know, uh, uh, one is to connect. on some level actually what we're looking for are human stories what we're looking for is how are you coping how are you coping what's going on is there a way out of this when is the answer coming I found myself scrolling compulsively the other day uh, and I literally didn't have my phone out of my hand for most of the day and I thought this is weird right what am I doing and I realized what I was doing was I was looking for the answer 
I was looking for an answer that isn't there yet. I was looking for a plan. I was looking for a way out. That's interesting, isn't it? You're looking, you're looking, you don't know what you're looking for. You don't really know what you're looking for, but you're never sated because you don't know what it is. And it's a kind of, someone's going to, I'm going to read a tweet that's going to make me feel better or it will show what we need to do next yeah. to make everything better again. Yeah. So <laughs> we're looking to be soothed and we're looking to be soothed. We're looking to be soothed and looking for an answer or a connection or God's sake, something, someone make this, make this, make this less horrible and we're not getting it. So we're going, 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 going. But I think it's quite important to ask ourselves that question of, you know, so I, <laughs> my thumb is now aching because I've been over scrolling. What, why, you know, what am I looking for? Because as soon yeah. as we, we identify what we're looking for, it becomes very, very clear within a matter of seconds that we aren't going to find the answer. And then that frees us up to step away and get some headspace. I think it is really important that we're able to be a little bit kind to ourselves about our own pain, to know that pain is pain is pain is pain and that human beings suffer. And you don't have to be having the absolute worst time in the world for your pain not to be real you know if if that's how this works right let's imagine that we aren't allowed to feel bad about anything because there's always somebody feeling worse than us or who's got it worse than us well that pretty much leaves one person in the world who's allowed to be having a bad time at any given time well that sounds really workable (laughs) you know and who can who is that person going to be that lucky bastard who gets to feel guilty the whole time exactly who gets who gets to be that person that everyone else is going oh well my love could be worse I could be you so thinking sort of thinking back to the kind of guilt thing and and where 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 do we want to put this where do kind of summing up in terms of summing up how we are going to cope with this weird guilt Mm. um that is manifested during corona times mm. um and like you said di- very different from the the normal everyday everyday brand guilt what can we do about it or can we really do much well i think i think you know there's a there's a there's a cliche in my line of work which goes to name it is to change it uh and i think just knowing that that's what we're doing can be really really helpful because it just allows us to step away from it a little bit and to make a little bit of space and also to know that you know what this this is horrible actually this 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 time it Mm. is lots of good things are coming out of it we will all find our way through we will all look back and have some strange funny quirky memories in amongst it all let's hope you know it's it's not to say there aren't little lights twinkling in the darkness because there absolutely are but I don't think there's any getting away from the fact that we're in a bit of darkness and so we are going to have lots and lots and lots of feelings. And if guilt is one of them, then know that actually it's okay for you to feel bad right now. Because, you know, although there are lights in the darkness, we are in a bit of darkness and we are going to feel bad. And it doesn't, you don't have to be having the worst thing in the world. You know, to feel it. To feel it. And your feelings are valid and make space for them. Give them, you know, let, let them wash through you, identify them and you will feel better eventually. And then we'll get to eat those sort of vinegar crisps. <laughs> or go and buy yourself a packet of crisps. <laughs> Just, yeah, exactly. And eat them with impunity. Yeah. And one day we'll be rocking some amazing, actually I'll be rocking my 80s side pony and some amazing nails because I'll have actually gone to get my nails done. So everything is just going to be so great. 
everything will be you know we will we will come out of it we'll come out of this but we need to come out of this intact and yes. if we're going to come out of this intact without falling apart completely we need to be able to have our feelings without dismissing them ourselves or without somebody else telling us that we're being a bit of a silly sausage silly sausage that's so sweet oh 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 lucy well, you know <laughs> yeah we wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't belittle our kids sadness you know don't belittle your own all right lucy thanks so much you're welcome see you next time i'll speak to you soon bye. more corona cuddles coming your way <laughs> yay yeah, bye bye thanks for listening to how to cope with becky howard and lucy clyde if you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review, like and subscribe. It makes a huge difference and we really appreciate it. The music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and used under a Creative Commons license. You can follow us on Twitter too at cope underscore podcast. Thanks again and check in soon for the next episode of How to Cope. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.